all these advances in technology are great. The fact that you can connect to someone on the other side of the world, but it's the way that we choose to use those devices that have been put in front of us that is the harmful thing. That's where it takes the self-control and understand how you make technology work for you rather than actually make you kind of servant to them. My name is James Cura. This is Everything is Hunky Dory, a podcast where we spark the conversation about mental health. Each week, I'll be sitting down with a close friend and giving quality time to a conversation we may have never had. The more we can see, understand and talk about mental health, the more people we can help. In a way, this week's episode is a great example about what we wanted to achieve with this podcast series and what hopefully we can promote to people listening. This week's guest, George, is someone who me and my returning co-host, Chris, have known for a long time. We saw each other grow up and can remember the good times and the bad. Listening back to the episode, which was recorded at the end of last year, I love how seamlessly we can drift from serious conversation to fits of laughter. And I think that's where the conversation about our own mental health needs to head towards. It's a serious subject for everyone, but if we can't use it to promote a positive impact, there may always be these awkward, negative stigmas to the conversation. George talks about a wide range of times he has struggled, from joining a new school, trouble with his work and his love life, and his description about beginning to accept his own emotions as he grew up is something I think we can all relate to. But at the end of the conversation, not only had we had a few laughs together as old mates, but I genuinely felt emotionally closer to them both. Hello, welcome to Everything is Hunky Dory. <laughs> this is the second co-producer, co-host vibe going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See how it goes. With my friend Chris here. Oh, you're right. He's got, he's got one chance and uh, <laughs> it doesn't come back. Next time you'll know that things haven't gone well. We've probably stopped talking. Um, Fall out big time. Yeah. So um, right. with this second episode, we've got our friend George or Hudders. Hudders. As we Hello. Like um, yeah. <laughs> so a bit of brief background. We um, again, like Chris, like the first from the first episode, we went to school together. We've known each other for talking like thirteen years now. I think that's the yeah. That's wow, the yeah. That's there, I've, so. I've known Chris for fifteen years, but um, you know, you're yeah, both yeah. equal friends. <laughs> um, and like with Chris in the previous episode, we've had a discussion many times about this kind of subject, talking about it more. I think. The thing that I noticed within me, especially early on, is that throughout our teenage years, we were able to have, we were able to see firsthand each other's developments and each other's sort of insecurities mm. and like how that shapes a person. Did we all have fight <laughs> losses? Um, did I, 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 I did, not for very long. But also, mine was there for a while. Oh, no, no, it was mine. I remember there was a... I, I was like 17 and a half. Yeah, I think, I think I had like... I mean, I was a quiet boy for a long time, so... You were, mm. No, you weren't. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I was... <laughs> <laughs> that was I can believe that. Also, no, the funny story, actually. Um, so I'm, at primary school, I was like a legit, like, bit of a prodigy type quiet boy. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, new info. I, I was like head of the choir, all of this stuff. I was, yeah. It's then I uh, came to Haleybury, realised that I would be shunted and thrown into a category that I would never come out with. Did, I, did I ever tell you my piano story from primary school? No, go on. I don't think I did, but um, I... So, you know, my mum was very musical, so she wanted to get me into playing the piano. So she set me up with violin, piano and singing lessons. Yeah. Um, none of which I do now, so that didn't work. But um, so did the violin fine. First time, like I'd just come to the country um, from Turkey where I grew up and the piano teacher came into my lesson to interrupt and pull me out. And 
I'm kind of ashamed saying this now, but he, he was like, George, it's, it's your piano lesson. And then some kid in the class just went, piano? That's so gay. <laughs> obviously the 20, you know, the 26 year old of me now would be like, that's totally okay if you think that, you know, that's fine. But the seven year old me that was trying to make friends was like, no, I, di I didn't sign up for piano. Like, my mum didn't do that. <laughs> But it's so true, like literally the, the amount of things that I wish I'd have kept doing when I was young, but because yeah. it, didn't, yeah, it didn't come across as cool back then. Like, right. Honestly, now, if I could sing really well... You'd fucking yeah. sing all the time. I'd if I could play piano, I'd be like, yeah, cool, man. Just yeah, you'd be there at King's Cross, wouldn't you? Just, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah but the videos like, that you get from King's surfing. Cross is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you still play bass? Uh, I've actually recently restarted. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need a hobby. We had a band. What, yeah, what, crash, crash hard. Uh, actually, I played bass because bass is easier and I was worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Tony played drums, but we didn't have a singer, so he only got so far. Yeah. Tony was trying to sing while playing drums, which, because he's not Phil Collins, doesn't really fucking work. <laughs> 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 what sort of drums were you using? Like, no, it was because it was so much Yeah, we had a proper setup. Wait, so you went to a proper, like, you went to the music park? We used to go to the music yeah, park, yeah. three of us, and we, we play a few songs, yeah. Did yeah. you record them, or just? No, not record them. Was there any recording facility? We, we there was, wrote yeah. a song. Hudders wrote a song because Hudders was, was the best one. So Hudders, we actually did write a song, which literally my bass part was like, do 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 now, like, I'd love so to have done dumb. drama more. Like, why the fuck was I not just acting yeah. all the time? Like, but it just seems that at that time, like you're just like, no, don't want to do next week. Yeah, teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I just want to sit. I just want to sit around in like our fucking house and watch fucking music videos all day and do nothing with my yeah, life. Yeah. Now I'm literally trying to do as much as, as possible. possible. Yeah, and it's so hard. Yeah, because I have yeah. no, I have no <laughs> intrinsic talent. Yeah, like, I, I, <laughs> I swear I was good at something. Yeah, when you're young, you're like, oh, I could throw that up. Yeah, I could learn yeah. that. I used to be able to read music. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I can't read that. What is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Hudders, mm -hmm. how are you doing? How am I doing? Um, generally, generally, I'm in a pretty good place. Um, I've had kind of the odd struggle recently. Um, being quite honest about that, started a new job about eight months ago, and that's been going really well. So it kind of blindsided me a bit that suddenly I've started getting kind of some negative feelings and not really understanding the root cause of them. Um, so that's definitely been something that's kind of kept my mind busy the past couple of weeks, but. You know, I feel like I'm on a sort of positive trajectory out of those and I kind of know what I need to do. So, okay. yeah, getting there. It's I think, I think it is, it's, it's one of those things that I notice is that to actually be able to fully, and this is something that I think you're good at, is, mm. is to fully evaluate your position where you are now. Because a lot of people, they either steam through life a bit too quickly mm. or they, they tend to sort of dwell too, too long on things. Whereas it's quite good to be able to evaluate where you are and be able to sort of make positive change or positive impact yeah. on your position. You know, like you like you said with your old with your old job, when you moved from that because you realised that okay, it was a good job, a lot mm. of people would love that job, but it yeah. wasn't the job that was going to make you happy in the long term, and that yeah. you made a positive change. Definitely. Which is, yeah. Okay, let's let's move straight on to um, the first question of the day, which okay. is um, mental health. We're gonna. It's the first question we always go to. Um, yeah. Which is, we basically want to know um, what your position is in general on mental health right now. I know we've just, we're just recording uh, first day of December. Yeah. Um, so we've just done November. You mm -hmm. thankfully uh, 
donated to my Movember pursuit. Sorry, I did not. That's fine. There's still time. <laughs> That's coming. That's coming. Um, obviously, oh, the, mo- the the moustache ha- it, it isn't great. So I, I again, thank you. Mm. Um, but yeah, we basically just want to know what your th- outlook is on mental health as it is discussed in general, general life, general public, because you know uh, it is something that is getting out there more. There's a lot more that I've seen of people talking about it, people getting it out there. Um, but what have, you, what have you noticed recently? Definitely, I think kind of, if you almost go back, you know, seven, eight years, probably in my experience, it wasn't something that was talked about or yeah. people would kind of say, oh, we need to talk, but then no one would talk or people wouldn't know how to talk, which is no fault of mm. their own, really. It's just like an awareness thing. Um, and I think particularly when I've had struggles in the past, some people can deal with it really well and then some people kind of, didn't know how to deal with that conversation. Um, And sometimes, you know, you leave almost feeling worse off for having talked. So I think that we're now in a place where there's such a good awareness and employers have jumped on board, which is a huge part of our lives. We spend pretty much half of our waking day working. Um, So the fact that you now have employers that are kind of aware for how you're feeling, Mm. um, you're able to talk and kind of get adjustments, that's a massive step forward and I think, yeah, generally just awareness is a lot better. I think we know we know now that there's a far wider spectrum of mental health than we probably thought. Um, yeah. You know, I think when I was growing up, certainly I thought it was just, you know, you're feeling shit, but it's not just that. There's anxiety, you know, there's bipolar, um, depression, blah, blah. depression. It, you, yeah. the list goes on. And I think people are getting better at recognising that and understanding that mental health yeah. is a deeply personal thing. It's not just... Yeah, yeah. It's not just like you can shoehorn people yeah. into, you know, you're sick, you're whatever. It's um, what about sort of your own personal feelings with mental health, like ups, downs, sad points. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've had kind of a strange journey because probably when I first started having issues with my mental health, I didn't really recognise it. Mm. I mean, that, I think that's normal. Which is quite normal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But also, especially especially if it's not something that's openly talked about. I, right. I, I sort of, um, I sort of realised in myself how at a young age, if it's not something that's discussed as something that happens to people who, who are younger, because a lot of the time um, people, you know, as you get older, you do experience more uh, emotional issues. Yeah. But it's yeah. something that maybe isn't obvious in a 16-year-old or a 50, or even like a 13-year-old. Is it, for, for a 13-year-old to be depressed, it seems mm. too young. Yeah. And then at that That's stage, if you are going through that, yeah. you almost don't, you don't recognise it because it's something that doesn't happen to 13-year-olds. You know, yeah. people people a lot of the time will sell with their teenagers, you know, and you do, yeah, you yeah, are yeah, going yeah, through yeah. changes in your brain. Yeah, right. But it's, it's, it's one of those things, and I noticed it in myself, is just, you just you don't know when something is wrong because mm. you haven't been told or haven't, it hasn't been something that um, is taught. also take it seriously as well. Like that's that's mm. what I would feel. Like It's like, oh, it's make-believe almost because you don't feel it in the same way if you've got a broken foot or something. Yeah. That's it. That's your physical health problem. You can yeah. see it. It's very real. But with a mental health thing, you're like, oh, is it real? Who knows? Because uh, you can't visualise it. You can't, you can't but also, it. like, at, at our age, would we have been strong enough to go to the doctor and mm. say to him no. I I don't know what's going but something's wrong yeah. I don't know how to fix this you know can you fix this because at that point you, how do you fix something like that how do you, yeah, right. how do you fix a thought I don't think I would have had the confidence as a teenager to be, to be brutally honest to do something like that to, in, to be like I don't feel well I just you just try and get on with it also in, in a way I don't know about you guys but in terms of something this 
similar impact on your mental health when you go through something like bullying. Mm. Right. And I know it's something that is, you know, it's talked about more in terms of like, oh, if you're getting bullied, you should seek help and, yeah. you know, speak to someone and speak to teacher and stuff. Mm. But even that is like, you don't quite appreciate the effect it might be having on you. And yeah, therefore definitely. it's something that, you know, it's not just bullying. It's it's a case of actually your your, your confidence could take a hit. Your mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, again, it's, it is, it's just, it's, who who would be in the, a mature state of mind to, to recognise it? Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. Want, I'd be interested to know the statistics of people who are, you know, in their teenage years who are going to therapy. Yeah. Yeah, I think, to be fair, we're millennials mm. and now it's Gen Z, so I think there is a difference between the way they talk about mental health and the way that we would talk about mental health. Like, there has been a, there has been a culture change. And, like, yeah. say, for example, my... my so, my, my company, a very small company, there's CEO and founder and, and a husband and wife. Uh, different people, obviously. Um, and the the kid, one of their kids is, like, nine, and he's come to the office before, and he said, oh, like, really openly, so, like, after we've, I've met him, like, twice, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've got anxiety. I, I don't like doing that. And it's just, like, it's a bit mental. Like, if I was nine, I wouldn't be saying I've got anxiety. I'd be like, mm. well, I've literally never said it to someone like half new. Yeah. Or, like, someone who worked with my mum or dad or whatever. Like, I would never say shit like that. But also, it's, but, it's, um, it's kind of that thing of, like, one, when you're younger, you kind of have less inhibitions about mm. being embarrassed and stuff. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily be embarrassed that, about saying yeah. it at I, nine. I, I maybe my experience was different, but I've been way more private at nine than I am now. Maybe, maybe that's just me. I don't, I don't know. I think, it's, I think I, there are things as a child that when you, you... Do you know this sort of thing where if you get told as a child to not say something, mm. to not do something, it actually fixes in your head as like, I cannot yeah. like do that. If someone says to you, don't do that or don't say anything about this, it's, it's kind of like... It, it sounds... It, it's kind of a serious subject, but you talk about um, child molestation and yeah, stuff right. like that. If a child mm. is told you're not allowed to mention this or say that, to serious, them, it's yeah. like mm. I cannot then say it, and then it, it it's why you know it's why it's why it's, su- it's something that is such a big deal. Especially, I mean, I don't, I don't personally um, haven't researched much into it, but I know. No. I mean, the stuff with Prince Andrew recently has been, you know, horrendous. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's so strange. Yeah. I think you raise a kind of interesting point about primary school, and my own experience of that was, as a child, I think you do want to fit in quite often I mean you know you're a pack of 30 kids in a class Definitely, you, yeah. you want to fit in and being the one that actually can come out and step and say you know I'm feeling this way or mm-hmm. I'm not quite right you probably a look at the whole class around you and you think wait a minute why is you know John what's Chloe whoever why do they not sort of act like me why do they not have those feelings and I think you probably suppress it and bottle it up because you don't want to be the odd one out you don't want to be the weird kid at the playground right yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Definitely. and I hope you know I can't speak for it. Um, I haven't got kids yet, but, um, and even when I do, you know, we're still a way off, but you, um, you kind of hope that there is some way that kids can kind of express that they are different and not, you know, yeah. kids aren't homogenous. We're not homogenous as adults. So why do we expect that 30 kids in a classroom should all act the same way and do the same things and learn the yeah. same way? Um, yeah. Do you think that's something that you have personally? Cause you, you grew up in Turkey, right? Originally. Yeah. Um, yeah, massively. I think in Turkey, I had quite a happy life, but very different. You know, all my classmates were were international, Turkish or German. Did you speak uh, I did for a bit, and then I got back and just no. I think getting back to the UK at seven, like I'd never lived here before, and yeah. I was very used to having classmates who are multilingual, yeah, and yeah, kind yeah. of talking different languages. That was cool, and suddenly you get into like a big 
30 person class and at the time I had like a bit of an American accent almost like yeah, an international wow. school accent and yeah, straight away you get in day one <laughs> you join in year two you know you haven't come through reception and everything and everyone's like what this the fuck is, like yeah, who is kid. this kid yeah um and yeah that was that was difficult to integrate and course, yeah. you know bullying and everything else came with that um for a good couple of years probably until how did you find the teenagers like the transition because i i know as you sort of like mature from sort of a boy to a man by the end of it did you did you notice anything um change within your personality or things you, you know certainly as a kid i was pretty energetic and probably not very self-aware um you know, I probably did and said things back then that I would be horrified about now. I'm sure we all yeah, did. Yeah, um, sure. Because you don't quite have that inhibition that says actually... What the fuck are you doing? Stop being a dickhead, yeah. <laughs> um, some people never seem to lose that, but... Um, I... Yeah, I think in that growth from teenage years, and you guys were obviously both there, um, I did probably start to confront feelings a bit more and like mm. I'm sure you guys remember that I used to have some some sort of quite weird or not quite weird but quite quite down and dumps moments when I moved to a teenager and I think it was becoming more self-aware of actually those feelings and those feelings sustaining and I hanging around I remember that to be honest oh, yeah, I, I think I, I think remember a heightened a heightened emotional state sometimes I yeah as in like yeah, you're um, right. I think that was kind of among everyone though but then again stages yeah but, no, but I think maybe the, one of the memories I have is um, like we'd be, you know, the, the, you're, you become such good mates that you can sort of like take yeah, yeah, out definitely. Stuff. Yeah, but there yeah. would be there'd be sort of sort of certain moments where I'd notice in you like you'd be like that's enough. I'd lose it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's probably the point where I became yeah. more self-aware, and also the point where yeah, I do too fair. I kind of remember you're right. I when I was growing up as a teenager, at first when things started to bother me, and it just didn't really think about it and maybe that's some of my past experience that you know don't be the standout kid don't be the standout kid don't be the standout kid and then it would get to that point um when i was being dry humped for like the 17th time or whatever it was the first 16 times were fun um but the 17th time i would suddenly just switch and be like actually this has been building up and probably from early teenage years to later teenage years i started to realize you know kind of you can prevent that whole cycle by kind of fronting up at the start and saying you know this isn't for me um and then apart from that i think i became quite a lot calmer as a person going through my teenagers and i don't know if that's something that everyone gets but you start to lose a bit of that good we just had a little tea break guys um you know gotta stay hydrated hydrate or dihydrate Okay, let's. Um, I wanna. I wanna go in straight for social media and your vices. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, this is quite an interesting topic. I think, so. I think. Do you notice yourself using social media in a in a in a way that's kind of addictive, or how do you feel about it? Um, I kind of. I definitely have noticed that before. Um, I've tried my best to pull away from it, and generally I do. I. I don't have any of the apps installed anymore. Um, I, I kind of... WhatsApp? You've got WhatsApp? Got WhatsApp, yeah, which is a fair point. Um, but, you know, I really, I only go on for, for memes these days. Um, so it's less sure. about kind of comparing my lifestyle to other people's, which I think yeah. is quite damaging in a way to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can kind of look at something like that and come out feeling good about yourself necessarily, particularly if you are a person that is... Judging. Always judging, comparing, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. If you have any problem with self-confidence, I think social media does a lot to kind of amplify that. Um, I think the other thing I've noticed certainly is when I am in one of the sort of more down moods, I will 
sometimes go into social media and spend loads of time. And I'm not entirely sure what that's for. I'm still trying to figure that out. I, I don't know if it's because I'm kind of looking for things to distract myself, but- Keep yourself busy. Yeah, yeah, you kind of keep yourself busy and keep yourself from thinking those thoughts. But in yeah. doing so, you just probably end up feeling shitty. You kind of store up a problem until you've spent three hours on Facebook and then you have that to be guilty for in addition to all the other problems. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I'd be interested to know what you guys think about it, but when you look at why, you know, why we see so many more mental health issues now than a generation ago, mm. part of it is definitely the openness and people bottling things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think part of it with social media and with phones and with apps is that everything is just there on demand the whole time. And yeah, like, yeah. you never have a point where actually you just switch off, you disconnect, you yeah. speak to people around you because you've always got that distraction. You've always I, got that crutch to lean on. I definitely agree with that. And I think even if we come back to bullying, as we yeah. spoke about earlier, it's like if you were bullied when we were kids, you got home and you had a breather and you were yeah, right. and you're off. But if you get home now for bullying, you've got messages on your Instagram or your Snapchat or whatever. And it's like, it comes home with you and it's hard to switch off and take a break these days because it's an, it's a never switch off generation. And the same, so you're saying about, about bullying, if you say about work, so say you like back in the old days, oh, you're in your, you, if you didn't have a mobile, like you, you got your emails, you got your phone, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Now like you're getting WhatsApp from work and it's mm. like, if you've got a stressful job and you can't, you want to come home and relax, you don't really properly relax because you're like, I could get a WhatsApp from a client at any point. Like you don't know yeah. how it's going to work or whatever. So I definitely think that social media a- adds to that mental health stuff and it amplifies problems that were always there. People have always been bullied since time began. Yeah. People have always had stressful jobs since time began. People have always been jealous of people as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, people have always it's, been jealous of people. It's, exactly. now, it's now from, you know, you look at a... Um, a, a C-list celebrity and you're jealous of them whereas before mm. it was maybe the the local um, you know successful businessman who yeah, right. you're like oh he's got that yeah. car that I really want or he's got that wife that I and I I think as well kind of I'm going to sound horrendously out of touch and old here but um, that happens most of the time anyway but if you look <laughs> at the trend of sort of the evolution of the social media apps mm-hmm. now you're getting into this territory that I don't really fully understand but TikTok and Snapchat's been around a while, but you're now getting to the point where, I don't know what, TikTok is a couple of seconds a clip or like Vine and yeah, it's just, Vine your brain too. is just focusing and then changing it and then changing and focusing and focusing every five or six seconds. And intuitively to me, that doesn't feel like a good thing that you're just constantly diverting your brain to different things, different areas of focus. Like yeah. your mind, your mind gets tired, like mine probably more so than some people, but your brain gets tired and it needs time to relax. And if your downtime is watching 55, six second clips and then laughing, crying, you know, there's a dog, there's a cat, whatever. I think you just kind of, you just wear yourself out, I imagine. Yeah, no, I I noticed on the way here, I was was reading a book and listening to music and also flicking through my phone. And I just thought to myself like, I'm consistently stimulating my brain which is a brain that's never had to be stimulated that much. Mm. It's only in the last 10 years that we've had the opportunity to not only listen to something through our headsets, not only read something, not only like have like a buzzing looking through tech. Like that is a lot of stimulation that our bodies are not used to. And Mm. you know, you look at someone, a young person, if you're, you know, your brain's developing and then having to deal with all of that stimulation, you can't, you've got to, you've got to think that these people aren't ready for that kind of thing. It's, you know, and that's why, you know, there are a lot of, 
Um, I know meditation spaces, mm. you know, it comes in at work because people do need to separate themselves. It's like nowadays yeah. you actually have to make an effort an to, effort to, to, to switch off. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's wellness and there's a whole massive sector where it's like yeah. doing yoga is massive, like headspace, massive app, like the whole mm. thing about, yeah, having that separation and, and taking time to fucking chill out, basically. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas before it was, it was a, uh, I think you're, you're finding the trade-off because social media it, it does give I know some of the older generation it gives them something to because you know as you get older you maybe don't have as much yeah. fulfilling in your life and therefore it then mm. gives you something that you know takes away some of the the, the, the alone time mm. some of the time when yeah. you haven't you know because I know I saw my, my nonna yesterday and she um, she, she uses Instagram once a day yeah. because it's something it's just something, something that to do. gives yeah. her something yeah, 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 it's a yeah. new thing that she can look at and go okay well that's just, she only uses it once a day but yeah it's nice yeah I, for me I find it weird because I fucking love social media so much yeah uh, which is not you're quite good at it as well though. Like, you've got more funny <laughs> shit than me so <laughs> um, yeah I don't know I, I love it but I, I understand the dangers of it I just find it fascinating like, I find it so fascinating mm. even the way that different generations use it and they use different apps or they use it in different ways. Uh, I find it really interesting. But um, I definitely understand the, the downside of it. And I respect a lot when people are like, I've deleted the apps. Just, yeah, right. Because I don't need it. You had that weird setting on your phone where it was all black and white for a bit. I mean, you still do. <laughs> yeah. No, yes, yeah, so that, that, that I'm not doing it anymore. But it was a it was a, a fad that I went through where yeah. Yeah. they said that you're... Because... Um, a phone is a phone, and its apps are built to be addictive. Because mm. otherwise, why would you know? If you if if, exactly. if Facebook can say to you, okay, well, if we design it this way, you're going to use use it twenty percent more per day. Yeah. So do it, basically. Yeah. yeah. So what they said is that they said that if you if your alerts and everything like that is in black and white, you're less your eyes are less focused on the, mm. on the on the colors. Yeah, on the colors, and, and it doesn't stimulate yeah. your brain as much if it's in right. black and white. I, I tell you, what, I do agree with that thinking to an extent because I won't do my card on Apple Pay. So supposedly Apple Pay is, is set up like a notification to be gratifying mm, so really? that it makes you want to spend more and use Apple Pay and use right. your phone more. So I don't have my, I purposefully don't have my card on Apple Pay. That's interesting. And apparently, so even from cash to contactless, contactless is more satisfying. Yeah, bing, and it's just easier and it's like you get a nice feeling from it. But giving over cash is really difficult because you're finding the stuff in your wallet, you're feeling the money leave you. Yeah. yeah. Contactless feels easy and Apple Pay is like, oh, nice, yeah. God, that's so nice. So it's making the money leave your account more. So yeah. if you want to spend less money, like Apple Pay. Well, it's, yeah. like, it's almost like Amazon. Like, when I buy something on Amazon, I don't yeah. even feel the. I just, no. I just get the buzz of like, oh, that's coming soon. Yeah. I don't even feel the money go because I, just, I literally had to yeah, just put yeah, in yeah, a couple yeah. of details and there's no. You don't see the your account. Yeah. I mean, I think Andy Puddicum, actually, the founder of Headspace, he comes on a lot of podcasts and he puts it quite well when he says that all these advances in technology are great. They are all brilliant things. Like the fact that you can connect to someone on the other side of the world instantly, you know, imagine 20 years ago, you would never have thought that really possible in the instant way that we can do that. But it's the way that we choose to use those devices that have been put in front of us. That is the harmful thing. And that's, that's where it takes the self-control and working at it and understand how you make all these bits of technology work for you rather than actually draw you in and make you kind of servant to them. I was going to just throw this in there as well. Uh, we always ask about a favourite book. Right, yeah. You're currently reading um, 
a book on the founder of Headspace, aren't you? Yeah. Really yeah. Or did yeah. He, did he wrote it. He he wrote it exactly. Yeah. It's not it's not really an auto. It's kind of an autobiography merged with a practice guide. So, oh, that's so cool. I've been I've been using Headspace kind of on and off for two or three years maybe, yeah, and yeah. I think I probably do what we all do with every hobby or craft that we kind of go 60 days really intense and then you forget about it for a month and then you're like nope i do need this yeah, i'm still working on that so it's nice. it's just a guide that kind of emphasizes really everything that the app teaches you oh, but at the good. same time he what's quite good about it is he gives you sort of tidbits of his life and it's fascinating i mean he had his life is insane isn't it all those like traumas he had when he was younger I didn't know about that. oh god about so, that at all. He had, um, I don't want to ruin the book too much, but he, I think he had um, an ex-girlfriend that he'd only recently broken up with that had, you know, some horrible kind of heart failure and went into a coma and all this horrible stuff. And then that affected him very personally. And then he was out for Christmas with a group of his mates. Um, They'd literally just said bye and a couple of them were kind of still smoking by the pub. Drug driver came in and just... Oh, my God took out like three, four of his yeah, best mates about yeah. all in about six months. And then it's, it's a really horrible story and you read so many things about his life and you think, how do you ever recover? And yeah, for a long time yeah. he didn't, he did what a lot of us did and pushed it to the back yeah. of his mind. And then, but I think kind of, there's something really, really interesting in that book about how he took this technique and, found a way to kind of deal with all that stuff that had been bottled up for years by sort of slowly releasing it back and slowly processing it and also training his mind in such a way that that wasn't there the whole time that he was able to kind of process it in the right way but not become overcome by it so that sounds really good it's really good um random tie-in favorite song Favourite song? Favourite um, something that, you know, uh, could be any situation, fa- uh, something you listen to on your own, something you love that gets you, you move up, something that brings you move down, maybe? Yeah. Um, my favourite song, I always have a song that I get obsessed with and then drop after a couple of months. I mean, everyone does, right? Yeah. You can't go to bed without listening to that song and then suddenly <laughs> you just forget about it and a year later, you're like, oh, yeah. Um, Our City Fireflies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most cringe song. No, I know, I know. Went through the phase. Yeah, we've all been there. You're in your constant phase, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's just that phase, like six years behind everyone else. <laughs> He's about to find out who um, Nicki Minaj is. <laughs> um, but I think at the moment it's probably Olafur Arnold so he's an Icelandic pianist he's also in fucking niche love it yeah very niche you know what I mean <laughs> he's also in um, Chiasmos who do kind of a bit of house music yeah, uh, but like, again unbelievably talented guy and he's got a beautiful piano song called Nyepi which is just completely stripped back it's just him playing piano for five minutes and nice. I think it is just so calming and relaxing and it just completely slows you down. Um, particularly if you have thoughts racing through your mind or whatever, it just cuts through completely. Yes. Um, and it's it's actually about the song itself, although it's got no lyrics, it's about silence. And Nieppe is a, it's a Bolognese festival where uh, everyone is completely silent for 24 hours and people don't leave their homes. It's just a time to sort of self-reflect and reconnect with nature and take yeah. a bit of time out of your busy life, which... I think is a really, like a really great concept. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we probably don't do that enough. No, um, 24 no. hours might be overkill for us <laughs> like in our lives, but yeah. I think you, you, know, you could take evenings, you could take hours where you just- To reflect and- To reflect and, and like, give your mind that downtime it kind of needs. So 
yeah, having that backdrop to the song makes it makes it good as well. Nice, that's so cool. Yeah, I think I was in Bali during that that thing. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. fucking annoying when we're on holiday though. Like, yeah, why is no one fucking talking? Yeah, literally, like, why is everything shut? In a hostel. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Dating. Dating. And love and all that stuff. Uh, we could start off with, uh, I mean, it's been a, been a while since you needed a first date yeah. spot. How do you, how, what do you think about online dating? The thing about online dating is you turn up sometimes and second one, no, like that, this yeah. is not what I want. Have you ever walked out on a date early or made it finish early? I did have one date um, where it was someone, so it was someone that like I saw it was on Bumble, had loads of mutual friends and I thought it was yeah. someone else. Um, and I turned up, like, I thought it was someone who was a friend of a friend who I'd spoken to on a few nights out and stuff. And I turned up and realised it just wasn't that person and my eyesight wasn't as good as I thought it was. <laughs> um, and then I, re- I knew who this other person was and I was like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> like, you know, perfectly nice person, but not quite on, on the same wavelength. And went so, into a wine bar and kind of said, we'll go for a drink. And, you know, I'm open-minded. Um, I ordered a white, I ordered a red wine. She ordered a diet coke. Uh, um, seriously, not drinking. Yeah, yeah, not drinking. Which is obviously again uh, fine, fine. But <laughs> that's not quite like we were talking online, and she was like, "Yeah, we'll go for a drink, or you know, whatever." And she did drink, but just that night, she was like, "No, I'm not going to." And I kind of thought, "Okay." Um, and then she just proceeded to tell me about her dissertation in excruciating detail. Oh my god! And it wasn't like you know that this wasn't a fascinating <laughs> dissertation about mental like... health or sports, whatever. It was a dissertation about replacing passwords with singing a tune. So to log into your computer instead of oh my god! Instead of saying you know it's PA five five W zero ID or whatever. Um, that's my online banking. She she would say yeah. So you know why why not just go up to a computer and go la di da da. I was thinking what well, right. Imagine doing that in front of your coworkers like. It's a bit ridiculous. And yeah, someone's going to be the fucking show off and have the unbelievably booming voice that's beautiful, and then other people will just yeah. A dissertation on that. But look, like, I mean, yeah, like, like, I, I, I get it in two minutes, and like I don't really want to do it. Yeah. And it's like that's it. Like what else you got? Yeah, say no, ten thousand words like that. Fuck. And me. she talks about the principle, and then she went into like the technological detail of how oh, you would code it to make God. it work and the uniqueness of voices. And, Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> after that, I, I left and went to the cinema with my housemate. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, come on. Help me out, brother. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've now been in a relationship for two years. And Any heartbreak in your 25 years? Uh, 26, 26 years now, yeah. There, there have definitely been, been heartbreaks. Um, I was cheated on, cheated on once, which I took. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it was... Um, yeah, it happened when I was about 19 and I did take it, I took it pretty hard um, yeah. because that is... I mean, That's like, it's one of the biggest betrayals you can... Yeah, right. And it wasn't, it wasn't, she didn't come and fess up to me. It was like, I cheated. She kind of, it just came up in conversation and she was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were literally just having a normal conversation with the girl that you were together with yeah, and, she, yeah. just brought, and then, she just brought up that... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we always, I started talking about feelings and stuff and then she was like, well, now I need to tell you this. Um... <clears throat> Actually, like, she'd slept with someone else. Yeah, she slept with someone else. Um, so I took that pretty hard. But Did yeah, you? generally, like, I mean, yeah, that was the end of it. And I've been through some other heartbreaks, like, I won't lie about that. And I think maybe part of the way I am is like the first couple of weeks or months after it. And I think guys do mm-hmm. tend to get this one, and girls kind of you're not immediately sobbing and watching Netflix and yeah. trying to get over it that way. You sort of move on and you fill your life back up with stuff and then. 
I don't know, it seems to be around like a couple of months after, depending on the length of relationship, that you suddenly start reflecting back on like the happiness you had. And mm. actually it's kind of, that becomes quite, quite difficult to snap out of as well. Cause you're like, it's so long ago. Why can't I stop thinking about it? Yeah, um, no, I think, I think it's, it's so natural to have this like, in a, in a, in a stereotypically manly way yeah. to sort of go, okay, well I'm hurt now, but I'm going to like show the world that I'm not hurt. Definitely. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to show that I'm, 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 attractive and mature and you know all of this stuff and then and then i think once you've sort of like gone through that like showy off period you then just settle down into your life again but you realize yeah that it's exactly exactly um i think it's i, I was having a chat with a, a friend of mine who she said um how for guys i think it's stereotypical well not so it's um it's sort of like common. researched common that um for guys, they will fall in love very quickly. Mm. As in, like, for guys, they'll know after a couple of dates whether they like a girl or not. Yeah. For girls, it takes a lot longer. Mm. But then the girl, once they've decided you're their guy, they'll fall for you completely. Right. Yeah. And then what happens towards the end of a relationship? Um, for a girl, they if once they've decided that it's over, they are very good at compartmentalising and being able to say, like, that's it, I'm done, I'm yeah. moving on. Whereas for guys, we tend to hold on to things a bit too long and I know for a lot of my mates who are now single recently single mm-hmm. they have struggled because for you to have to switch all of that off is really difficult I yeah because you go from sort of all to nothing don't you yeah no... one more question yep um, and this is one you didn't answer on the advice to someone who's 15 right and nice. you're now you know 10 years older than that help well, what would you say to a <laughs> what would you say to a fifteen year old uh, with the knowledge you know now? What would you say to them uh, as a bit of advice for them growing up? I think the one thing that probably none of us ever did, um, you know, we say it's good to talk, but kind of talk at a deeper level. Probably like we have over the last hour and a half or so. Kind of, yeah. A lot of the time, I thought talking was just having a quick chat with someone and yeah. just talking shit. But and this is talking shit to an extent, but kind of go to that deeper level and try and sort of work to the bottom of your feelings because that's something that I wouldn't say we we talked a lot but I'm not sure how many times we truly got to this kind of level and found these things out about each other Um, and I think that can really really help Um, and then the second thing I think is just um, really just take time to kind of reflect on your life Uh, I find it really useful to sort of have a set of goals that I evaluate every couple of months and think about what you want to do in that way rather than just sort of drifting through life with no clear vision. I mean, you don't need to know exactly where you're going, but as long as you kind of know, as long as you have a sense of purpose to help you hit your targets with, you know, GCSEs, A-level, university, relationships, life, whatever, um, I think that can, that can really help you rather than sort of drifting through and just taking life as it kind of hits you. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, it'd be great if you could give us a subscribe or a review. And you can also follow the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Hunky Dory Pod. 
Thank you again to George for coming on the podcast. And before we go, another quick mention to our collaborators of Hunky Dory, to our producer, Chris Muhet Hernandez, to Joel Stewart, who composed and recorded the music. If you wanted to hear more of him, you could give him a follow at joelstewart.music, or you can find all of his latest stuff on Spotify. And to Chloe Allen for the amazing artwork she hand-drew for the podcast logo. If you wanted to see more of her work, you could give her a follow at Chloe Allen Art. Finally, thanks to you guys for listening. This has been Everything is Hunky Dory.